smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast the term interpolation was an idea introduced by lewis althusser to explain the way in which ideas get into our heads and have an effect on our lives so much so that we believe they are our own Althusser sees interpolation as a mediator between systems of power and individuals. He argued that the process of interpolation works best when it is invisible, when individuals accept cultural notions as though they are obvious or natural, when it seems natural. Such interpolation could not be more relevant in our relationship with cash. Just about 10 years ago, none thought that cash was inconvenient. but now there's a growing mindset that it is faceless paperless cashless is one of the professed roles of digital india reach the official website of the government of india on cashless economy an instance of the constant nudge by the state to shun cash and embrace digital just to fathom the shift in recent years upi and digital wallets annually manage more than 30 trillion more than two times the currency in circulation according to the latest numbers shifting away from cash is a global phenomenon a recent survey revealed that just 13% of the swedish population use cash for transactions in uk in fact the g10 countries the group of 11 wealthy nations will stop using cash as currency by 2035 a bloomberg survey published last week said There's a huge machinery to reverse engineer a belief that cash is inconvenient and that cashlessness is in our interest. But in whose interest? Big private corporates ranging from tech giants such as Google and Facebook to fintech behemoths such as Visa and Mastercard increase the volume of digital payment services they sell and have mobilized their massive propaganda machine to declare a war on cash. This was the first wave of digitization of cash to go cashless. If this was not enough, we are now seeing a phase where the age-old currency can be totally disrupted for good. We currently find ourselves at the dawn of a new era, decentralization. The decentralization of finance in particular has become a hot talking point, driven by the public's growing disillusionment with the centralized financial sector and its shortcomings. More than ever before, individuals are calling for control of their personal data, ownership, and money, and decentralization is being marked as a possible solution. Sample this: heavy trading volume greeted the highly anticipated market debut of Coinbase, which ended the day worth some $86 billion recently. The cryptocurrency company's coming out party made some insiders very rich. opened up new possibilities for cementing its position in the blockchain economy and placed a trail for other crypto companies to follow its lead up to the public markets. Founded in 2012, Coinbase is said to be the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange as far as converting cryptocurrency to regular currency is concerned. In the latest dispatch of Mint Startup Diaries, we speak with Sumit Gupta, co-founder and CEO of CoinDCX. Nitin Sharma, partner at early stage VC firm Antler, and Sanjay Khan Nagra, partner at Ketan and Company, it would be perhaps worthwhile to begin the conversation understanding 
what the Coinbase IPO means for India and will India open the floodgates for cryptos? Let me sort of begin with you, Nitin, to sort of just what I mentioned in my opening remarks in the Coinbase IPO and the kind of momentum just we saw from investors. I think it's been a huge reception. Early investors cash and made a lot of money. There's, of course, a growing acceptance, at least in the Valley, increasingly being seen of the cryptocurrency. I want to understand from you, what does this really mean for India and where do we go from here? Thank you. Great to, great to be here. Um, Look, what it means for the space globally is uh, it is a watershed moment, right? It is the first case where the mass market now has um, seen that a company can can scale to this extent, make a billion dollars of profit in one quarter and, and essentially create this kind of trust and acceptance, both with regulators, investors, retail and institutional. So uh, for a long time, this asset class has not been developed because institutional money had not been coming in. Now that's changed dramatically in the last 12 months. People used to think this is a retail game. Now large institutions, hedge funds are coming in and the Coinbase IPO accelerates that further. Uh, I think secondly, thematically, it furthers the narrative of, of where money is going, like you pointed out in your introduction. Um, and and it, it, you know, it gives people a much bigger uh, vision of crypto, uh, now that it's it's uh, it's very clear that you know people have thought of things like Bitcoin as the future of uh, gold, let's say, right? Uh, that that narrative has really become firmed up. That gold most likely will be surpassed in market value by Bitcoin in the next few months slash years. Um, so we will have digital gold, but that's the starting point as a store of value. If you think of the financial system, we go from that to what is digital money and where does that go? To then thinking about the entire financial system, banking, uh, payments, insurance, investments, credit, lending, and and uh, maybe some of our listeners have uh, heard this phrase DeFi, decentralized finance. This is uh, a rage right now because people are actually asking, what if we completely reinvented what finance is today, right? This hundreds, thousands of years old institutions that we have. If you take these building blocks, what if we decentralize everything? So I think the things like the Coinbase IPO create the validation that furthers this narrative. So you're going to see a lot of activity in this space. And one example in a very uh, intriguing way is the NFT boom, right? Which is a separate topic, uh, which has caught popular imagination. So that's also happened alongside Coinbase IPO is that you have this story of a big IPO and you also have this boom where average people are now testing, playing with NFTs, et cetera. Now, what it means for India, I think we need to wake up. Uh, I think there's been a, real paralysis in terms of policy. Um, I think everyone on this panel has, has been working on this for some time. I It's three years for me having to uh, having written reports and talked to a lot of stakeholders. I think the momentum is finally moving. Some of the things like, you know, involvement of folks like Balaji from, from Coinbase and, and Iceberg getting involved right now, last week itself. There is momentum now. The question is whether our policy hold or stake or uh, policy makers are able to look at things in a 10 year, 15 year time frame and realize that we cannot be left behind. We already missed the boat with AI. Do we want to miss the boat with blockchain and crypto as well? Um, they have some very valid concerns. Hopefully, hopefully they can move in the direction of, of finding that ban is not the answer, but regulation is. And finally, I think from a retail market perspective, I think Sumit will be the right person to, to speak more about this, right? It's this IPO is just another instance where the average Indian investor is waking up to this asset class as well. And, and I think that will continue to grow uh, in the months ahead. 
Thanks for that. That was pretty insightful. I come to you now, Sumit, just sort of two or three key points to what Mithin made. And I think those are sort of interesting remarks. He began the conversation saying, really a watershed moment for the industry. And second, he also pointed out his extreme kind of unhappiness with what is really happening in India, this absolutely policy paralysis from the stakeholders. And third, I want to understand from you the shift from retail participation to institutional investors that we have really seen the Coinbase journey. Do you think that will augur well for more retail acceptance for cryptos in India? And will the institutions open up to the idea of cryptos finally in India, what is your sense you can give us on the ground perspective here? Uh, sure, absolutely, Srija. I think uh, Nitin mentioned some very interesting points and, uh, you know, in terms of how the industry is moving and we can clearly see the shift, right? Uh, the, the way people used to perceive crypto, uh, you know, three years back and the Today, I think there's a massive difference. Uh, and I, I have seen that journey uh, myself. I've seen the change in mindset of people, the retail investors, how they looked at crypto as, as just like money making machine where they invest X amount and how can they multiply the returns, right? That that was the uh, thought process earlier, but now it has completely shifted to a, you know, where people philosophically understand, you know, what, uh, how, how Bitcoin, you know, is, is going to evolve, how it is going to define the financial systems of the future. Uh, so there's a definitely a clear shift in terms of mindset people are more matured and uh, you know more educated about the whole space so much uh, validation right that that the industry got uh, with uh, with with coinbase ipo happening and I, I think we will continue to see this trend in the coming few years. Uh, we'll see a lot more uh, crypto companies becoming huge. Uh, uh, and, and they also, uh, you know, uh, going global in nature, some of the companies going public as well. And, and these are the steps that gives a lot of validation to the space. Now with Coinbase IPO people, uh, and this is uh, very interestingly, a lot of people, you know, reach out to me and say that, okay, look, we missed the Bitcoin bus. We could not invest in Bitcoin. Is there any way we can invest in, in, in your company or we can invest in people who are taking the industry forward like for example if you can't yeah thanks for that but you know i would just like to sort of uh, you that you're on an exchange okay in india mm -hmm. and you sort of said that there's increasing acceptance so i would like to understand two things from you first do you have any data to point out that there's increasing acceptance and second what you just mentioned that you know people are often asking you that you know we missed the bitcoin boom how can we get into other cryptos so who are these people can you give me an audience profile of your retail investor base i think that market is very understood very well for the stock market phenomenon i can also understand them for derivatives you know these are institutional market with long history and data. Sure, absolutely, Srija. So in terms of acceptance, yes, I can give you some of the data points. For example, if you compare it with last year, right? Uh, so like in 2018 or 19, when there was RBI banking when existing, right? And exchanges were operating on a peer-to-peer -peer model. Uh, we were uh, getting like few hundred uh, users or, or, you know, signing up on the platform every single day. And judgment came up in March of 2020. That is when the numbers went up, uh, you know, uh, significantly. And then we were seeing, you know, a uh, uh, couple of thousands, one or 2000 users signing up on the platform every single day. Now, with all of this awareness around crypto, it's in the range of 15 to 20,000 users or even more uh, signing up on the platform every single day. 
you know, imagine like 50 to 20,000 people signing up on the platform every single day. And these are investors. Most of them are retail investors. Uh, in terms of institutions, uh, the, the interest is rising, right? We have been getting a lot of queries from institutions and, and we have opened the institutional arm as well, where any institution in India, if they want to take exposure in crypto, right, we enable that. Right. Uh, and, and that's sort of also, you know, with this MCA announcement, right, where, where companies have to declare their holdings, I think that, that also gives them a sense of confidence. So from retail, I think the, the interest in retail is far higher. Institutions are also joining the bandwagon. You know, our volumes have increased by at least six times in the last three months. So uh, across the board, all our metrics have uh, significantly improved from 5x to 10x. And some of the metrics have even improved 20x, 50x. Right. Uh, so this is a the volumes are how much now? Can you quantify that? Sure, sure. So overall platform volumes are upwards of $100 million every day across all products. So we have a spot trading product, we have margin futures, we have lending, staking, we have one of the simplest ways for people or for Indians to invest into crypto. Uh, CoinD6 Go, that's the app which we have launched recently. Nitin, I want to sort of bring you in here and just to sort of, if you were to compare what he just mentioned, the $100 million participation retail every day, but essentially we are talking about uh, you know, and not to establish participation vis-a-vis -vis stock markets. So how, if you were to track the journey of, you know, from where stock market started to where this will go, what is the sense that you are gathering, speaking to more and more such founders? Um, yeah, look, I think we're at a very, very early innings of this. Um, we are probably at the 1% mark right now in terms of overall adoption. Right, I'm talking about. So in in the US, there is there is uh, uh, I think data around 22 percent of uh, retail consumers have some exposure to crypto. Right, I think that might be a little inflated, but if you look at millennials and even younger Gen Zs, I think that number is much higher. Um, I think the interest is very similar in India. Right, the behaviors are actually not that different. So especially when you look at the Gen Z crowd, I, I think that given the option. 60-70% of them would want exposure to, to some form of crypto. Um, I think, you know, if you look at uh, the overall evolution uh, of these asset classes, I mean, it took, it took decades and centuries, essentially, for these markets to be fully developed, right? So what crypto has established, especially in the last four or five years, uh, again, going back to DeFi, right? Not just, not just Bitcoin as a concept, but talking about every single part of the financial system getting disrupted. I think the, the pace of change I have seen in this space is 10x higher than any other sector, trend, anything, right? You actually have to be doing crypto 24-7 to really even sound somewhat well-informed. Um, so I think this is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And, uh, and that's why it's so important that we, that we don't get left behind as, as, as the Indian ecosystem. Okay, so we spoke about opportunities. I think there's a growing sort of acceptance that we missed the AI board. We perhaps missed the Bitcoin board. We don't necessarily want to miss the next wave. I think for those who see cryptocurrency, such as Bitcoin as the currency of the future, I think it should be noted. And I think uh, when, you, when I speak with critiques, you know, one big argument that comes out is that a currency needs stability. You know, that is the first point. And second is that, you know, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin may not be safe. And, and I can just tell you that, you know, legendary investor Warren Buffett, for instance, who is such a revered figure in the financial markets globally, not only in India. And I think I would just like to sort of quote what he said on this increasing phenomenon of Bitcoins, that it is a very effective way of transmitting money. 
and you can do it anonymously and all that a check is a way of transmitting money too are checks worth a whole lot of money just because they can transmit money i wonder how could we respond to someone as revered as warren buffett and convince him on bitcoin phenomenon as nitin mentioned right if you want to understand the crypto thing clearly you have to unlearn a lot of things right uh, and I, i'm not saying you know uh uh uh, uh they are coming from a different perspective what we feel is that on all the things right as you mentioned example of check there's a certain level of trust that you are putting in the system traditional system right um, you know the check has a value but you know how how do you uh, you know as the world is moving forward i think the world will move from uh, to a trustless economy where you don't need to necessarily trust the other individual and how can money uh, freely flow from uh, you know one party to another you know this this blockchain technology provides us that uh, opportunity how can you transfer value from one person to another without the intermediary right i think we can move to a trustless economy that is radical sorry move yeah. to cashless economy i don't think we can move to a trustless we, we can actually uh, i think when people say trustless they don't uh, they just mean that you don't need a third party to have trust so trustless doesn't mean that of, of course without trust we will not transfer value to anyone else right it's the question is that you don't need a trusted party quote unquote trusted party in the middle so shrija i think just to add a few thoughts to what both of you said um i don't i actually don't think of you know what warren buffett saying is so problematic because uh, uh, I, he's obviously a legend so i i think i'm not i don't go too far to say bitcoin is the future of money i don't believe that i think we are in sort of 1993 of the internet we don't i don't know personally i'm not smart enough to know what some of the largest outcomes will be when for a few years netscape was the biggest thing and right and no one of course even younger people today were not even have heard of netscape so i think we are going through that first phase what i believe is established is that bitcoin has a, is is a very has a strong case for a sustainable store of value to to take over the role of gold in a lot of places that i believe second i believe that ethereum has the largest lead in terms of providing a platform to build other things on outside of that i personally don't believe that any currency any of these assets is a, any of these crypto digital assets can be used as a currency today right uh, but the pace of change is such that if if we think of it as like oh it's a, it's a decade away or something we will be surprised and and that's the reason to kind of pay attention to experiment to fund startups to allow policies that allow startups to exist etc because what 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 frontier policy makers sometimes miss is that if you are deciding policy on water distribution you can take 5 years but when you are regulating policies in these areas you cannot take 5 months it's 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 literally keeping up at that pace right so um, and i think the 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 thing that excites me and i sumit alluded to it is this should not be seen just as the future of money it should be seen as the internetization of money right so or what people call web 3.0 so 1.0 we could send emails 2.0 we could connect with people on facebook and start to go on mobile 3.0 is we would be able to send value to everyone without needing a party in the middle that value could mean money it could also mean any other form of value so when people send nfts or a, a song that has value or a emoji that has value or you know the possibilities are endless right so for the first time you can imagine a world where you could download money and be able to send it to someone without needing a a, a paytm or a bank in the middle right you make value transferable peer to peer which currently the internet doesn't allow so web 1.0 12.0 today the internet only allows you to exchange information but not value and so that idea i think is so big 
that but and i think that's the same reason why we are literally not even in the netscape moment of this right now we are very early this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast